Welcome back to Financial Matters with Richard Oring. It is episode number three. I am John Jagay, joined again by Mr. Richard Oring from New Century Financial Group. Good to be back with you, Richard. Hey, Doug, Julie. Good to be back, especially right after the Thanksgiving holiday. Hopefully you had a great time with your family. Definitely did. Looking forward to uh, the rest of the holiday season. So with holiday season coming up, this is such an important topic today because I know sometimes people have to borrow or they want to make sure all their Christmas and holiday presents are taken care of. Today we're talking about credit scores and understanding the importance of how it can affect you. Very timely topic for this time of year. So Richard, we'll start right at the top. What is a credit score? Well, you know what, before I even answer that one, let's talk more, not just what a credit score is and how it's going to affect you, but a lot of people just think they use their credit, they pay it, so they must have great credit. <laughs> let's talk about how the score is calculated also. I think that's going to be really important to understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is a credit score? I think we've all heard of a FICO score. It's a three-digit number based on information that credit, our lenders report to credit agencies, and it comes up with our credit worthiness. Mm-hmm. This usually helps lenders determine how much or if they're even willing to lend us money, and more importantly, at what cost. You know, you go buy a car, sometimes they say, oh, we won't know the interest rates we run your credit. So a lot of those introduction interest rates you see on TV for promotions and stuff, that's usually set for people who have extremely good credit. We had a running joke when I was working at a radio station of uh, a guy who had been working in radio for 50 years, and he would say, oh, yeah, we always do these appearances of car dealers, 0% financing available. And he'd always look at me and go... Nobody gets 0% financing. <laughs> you know, what's crazy is like even the utility companies now and apartments and stuff, they determine if you need to put a deposit down based on your credit. And then some states allow car insurance companies to um, do a search charge if your credit's not good. They think that you're more likely to put a claim in. Uh, where I live in the state of Michigan, that is absolutely true here. Uh, credit scores go into your car insurance rates, and I know that is a legal battle they're fighting in the Capitol in Lansing to try and change because there are some people who are paying more than they should in insurance just because of their credit score. Yep, I think the state you came from just um, overturned that, actually. Louisiana. Yeah, I think they stopped doing it. I know Pennsylvania stopped doing it. So, Rich, most people have heard of the credit score called the FICO score, but there really are two scoring models, right? There's actually multiple ones, but the two big ones is FICO, and the other one is Vantage Score. But for today, let's really focus on the FICO, because that's what most people are familiar with. That's kind of the big one, yeah. So, you know, a lot of times you've seen the score 8, now they're coming up with the score 9, that it's being updated. What's going on with that? You know, it's interesting. Most people don't even know there's multiple scoring models. If you really dig into your credit reports, um, now they have these online services you can just log in and look at anytime you want. Like, oh, yeah, I have to use those for sure. Yep. Yeah. And it's interesting because you, you see your FICO score, but then there's another section where you can see other scores. There's auto scores, lending scores. So each lender has their own um, criteria what they're looking for for lending. The one they always report is the newest model until, you know, not always the newest, let me say, but um, right now it's the FICO score eight. Okay which is the general one, which is now being replaced with the FICO score nine. Mm -hmm. So probably over the next 12 months, the eight will be um, gone and the nine will be there. You know, the reason why they're doing it is why they have different different models and why they're changing it is to incorporate unique features, you know, leveraging new risk prediction technology and reflects more recent consumer credit behaviors. You know, the way we spend money is much different than our parents did with credit. So it's almost like a a software gets upgraded to version 1.0, 2.0, 3.0, 4.0, and so on. As our behaviors change and the technology can monitor it and do a better job of figuring out and predicting and things like that, that's why they keep upgrading and they're headed to the FICO score 9 next, right? 
Yep. And you kept on talking about updating version one, two, reminding me when Windows first came out, you used to have to run to the computer store every couple of months to get the three and a half inch floppy to do your <laughs> Windows updates. Do you remember that? I'm just old enough to remember that. Yep. <laughs> All right, so in the FICO score, Richard, there are five major factors that make them up. What's the big one to start with, the first one? Well, yeah, let's go one at a time. Um, payment history. As you can expect, the repayment of the past debt is the most major factor in calculation of the credit scores. It helps determine future long-term payments, behavior, both revolving credit cards and installment loans. It makes up 35% of the calculation. The type of debt will fall into this is your credit cards, your retail accounts, installment loans mortgages, and so forth. That's over a third of your total credit score. You said 35% is your payment history, which is yep. why it's so important to make those payments on time. Yep. And let's not forget, I'm going to keep going on that. All list. Right, they, got, but wait, there's more. There's more. There is the public records. You got um, bankruptcies, lawsuits, any wage garnishments and things like that can also be reported in that category. Lots and lots and lots go into that payment history. And again, so important to make payments on time. And then any black marks on your credit card, they will really show up and affect you there. So payment history is the first of the five factors. What's next? The amount you owe, you know, makes up 30%. This category is basically credit utilization, percentage of credit available. Um, I try to tell my clients, always try to keep the balances under 30% of what your available balance is. Over 30% can actually hurt you. Owing money on your credit card, using it a large amount, doesn't mean you're a bad risk if you're paying it off. Right. In our household, we have a few credit cards. I always never try to charge more than 30% on any of them. Then I'll go to the second one if I need to. But again, um, credit cards are meant for short-term debt. It's not a loan. So we try to pay those off within a month or two. But there are times where we have to make a big purchase and I want to get the points, the airline miles. And that's something that I think a lot of people fall into, Richard, is oh, well, I'm just going to use the credit card for everything so I can get the airline miles or the points. But if you're spending more than you can pay off, when you start paying interest on those credit cards, you are wiping out any benefit you're going to get on those points, right? Oh, it's crazy. Again, the worst thing you can do is start using credit card and not having a plan to pay it off in a short-term period because you charge today, you charge tomorrow, then you have an emergency, and now you have this debt. And if you look at the interest, what you're paying for that year, it's ridiculous. It just snowballs from there. Yep. If you can't afford it, don't buy it. Easier said than done, but so true. Especially around the holiday time right now. Everyone's buying um, gifts for their kids and loved ones and so forth. Just make sure to do it on a budget. Okay. Hey, Jack, the other thing I always hear from people is like, oh, don't close your credit card. It can hurt you. Mm -hmm. So that can hurt you. One, by closing credit cards, if you don't have a long enough credit history, you're taking one, which is accumulating a history for you and just getting it taken away from you. That's one factor it can hurt you, especially in the beginning of trying to build up your credit. The second thing is it lowers your available credit you have. So if you have a credit card and you're not using it, as long as it doesn't cost you anything to maintain it, it might make sense just keeping it because it gives you a higher amount available, which you're not utilizing. So this is the whole debt to credit ratio thing. So if you have a credit card with a limit of $10,000 and you've got $2,500 on it, but you have the second credit card, that is a lower percentage of your total available credit that you're using. You close the card, your limit is less, and you're using a higher percentage of it. Exactly. A length of credit history is a big thing to consider too, right? Yeah. The more history they have, the better they can unrate you as a, um, a borrower. So the factor is based on length of time of all your credit accounts, which have been open. It also includes the time frame since an account's most recent transaction. Hmm. I didn't know that. Okay. 
newer credit users can have a difficult time achieving a high score because they don't have the history. Mm-hmm. So as you start opening your first account, your score will naturally start going up because of having it um, longer on your reports. Got it. And what about credit mix? That's another factor here too, right? Yeah, so lenders are sometimes looking for different type of debts. You know, they're looking for a combination of credit cards, retail accounts, installment loans, um, mortgages, and so forth to see how you handle different kinds of debt. Hmm. You know, it's funny, like in my household, I hate retail cards. It's the one thing I can say, and I have very good credit, but the one thing I will not ever do is, you know, we go to Macy's, you go to Kohl's, and they always go, oh, if you open a credit card, 15% off. I'm like, yeah, no. (sighs) Drives me crazy. You know, it's so funny because that actually happened to me. I was buying some audio equipment on Black Friday a couple weeks ago, and I went into Guitar Center, and I was making a rather sizable purchase, and they said, okay, well... We can give you a credit card and knock another 15% off the order or 10% or whatever it was. And I'm like, well, it's going to save me a lot of money as long as I pay it off before the interest kicks in. I guess it's okay, but it is something that happens so much, especially during the holiday season when you're making large purchases. The only time I used to do it is we used to live right next to a Kohl's um, store. Mm-hmm. And they always had these big promotions. Like if you had a credit card with them, so much percent off, all these coupons. Like before you know it, it's like 40% off. If my mom tells me how much Kohl's cash she has one more time, I'm going to scream. <laughs> exactly. So we would go, you know, shopping for the kids. And I we put it on the credit card. And literally, the very next transaction after I signed the, the slip was I took out my wallet with cash. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'd like to pay my credit card bill right now, please. <laughs> And ah. you can actually pay your credit card at calls at the register. That's brilliant. So that money is never there. You never forget about it and it never charges you interest. I love it. Yep. Yep. It was great. And again, the credit mix makes up about 10% of the credit score. So the fifth of our five factors going into your credit score is new credit. Explain that. 10% goes to the new credit. The one thing um, lenders are looking at is how much new debt you're taking out. Mm-hmm. You know, the first thing is you apply for debt. It gets reported as an inquiry on your credit report. It stays on for two years. They only use one year to calculate your score, though. So if you were looking for a car, you don't want to just go to different dealerships just to find out who's going to give you the best interest rate. Find out the car you want. Figure out your credit score before you get there. You know, when you go to the car dealership, you don't have to use their lending program. You can go to the bank and get your own pre-approval through that. But you don't want to just open a credit card and be like, oh, okay. I got this card. I racked up 10 grand on it. Oh man, I just got another offer at 0% for balance transfers and playing that game. Lenders look to see how often you're opening new accounts. It can actually hurt you. So only open an account if you really need to. And if you open one, try not to open another one right away. That is really good advice. All of a sudden, they see you taking out or trying to open all these different credit cards, all these different credit inquiries. If I'm a credit bureau, I'm saying, ooh, that, I don't know about that person. That, that's certainly something that catches people's attention. Yep. All right, so those are the five factors that go into your credit score. I want to come back to something you mentioned at the top, Richard, which is this FICO score nine that's being rolled out. What are the differences between the FICO score nine and the previous versions? Sure. Like I said before, um, they changed these scoring models based on the current times. So how many times did you go to a hospital and you get the bill, the insurance company pays for it, and then all of a sudden like, you get three more bills? All the time. Right. Well, that's common. So if you ever notice the collection agencies don't call you as much anymore for medical bills, um, they're not a lot of reported to your credit. An unpaid medical bill can't be uh, reported to your credit bureau for like, I don't know the exact, I think it's 18 months now. So it's more of a grace period now is what you're saying. 
Yeah, it's it's funny. My wife, she got a letter from a collection agency for a medical, um, unpaid medical bill, which I had no idea it was for. Mm-hmm. So I called them. I was like, look, there's no way my wife can owe this kind of money. We have great medical insurance. There's got to be a mistake. And it was um, the birthday. Like, they had the birthday wrong. And when they started trying to strong arm me about getting paid, they wanted me to pay and then resubmit. And I'll get reimbursed myself. I'm like, yeah, no. I'm like, that's okay. I know I have like 18 months or so, so you don't have to call me again. I'll get it resolved. Then they changed their tune and they were like really cool about it. And um, then it got fixed and it was paid for. It was no big deal. But that's one of the biggest changes is, you know, when I first got in the business, I would run credit reports for mortgages. Mm-hmm. I did mortgages right first year. And it was unbelievable how many little medical things were unpaid on their credit reports. Yeah. Like $50, $100, and clients to even know about it. So the first thing is the credit nine, the medical debts aren't affected as much as credit score eight. And that's such a so, huge thing. And I'm so glad to hear that because, you know, even you look at the political debate and the campaign for 2020 and everybody's talking about healthcare and medical. And, you know, I don't think I know a single person that doesn't have some sort of horror story when it comes to healthcare, whether it's a prescription or a hospital visit or an urgent care visit or whatever it is, these bills that nobody knows how this works, including the people who work in the industry sometimes. And I'm really glad to hear that those are not going to be as much of a factor um, on FICO score nine. The other big thing is um, paid collections. You had a debt, let's say a medical one. Mm-hmm. So they issue it to the first collection agency. So I don't know what hospital you have near you. That's just hospital A mm-hmm. bills you, you don't pay. It goes to a collection agency and you don't pay. So that collection agency then turns it over to another collection agency <laughs> and you pay. So now you have maybe the hospital reporting is unpaid. You have the first collection agency as you know not paid. Then the third one shows that you um, paid it. The other ones will show paid, but that's three things being reported on your credit bureau. So they're making the paid collections not as um, stringent as it was before. So if you pay it, it's not going to hurt you as much. Wow, that is huge. I never would have thought of that, that, okay, the debt's paid, it's paid. But realizing that, you know, debts and collections get passed from organization to organization and it's in everybody's system to submit your credit report. Right. Sometimes you can fight that, you know, because it's the same debt, but a lot of people aren't looking at their credit that carefully. And then when you need to apply for credit and they tell you this, it's going to take you over 30 days to get it removed. And then when it gets removed, then you have to wait for the next calculation for the credit report. One more big thing that's help our college grads and people out of high school and so forth build up some credit. And now they're including rent payments to help you with your credit history. So that can help you, that can help you with your rent payments. Gives you some history, some, and when we go back to one of those factors is the history of your debt. So now they can start building it much sooner. I like that, I think about being, you know, 20, two or 23 and trying to get my first apartment. And the only history I had, because I've been living with my parents and living in college, like one credit card from college was all I had on my credit history. So that's nice to know that paying rent can help you build up your score now. The other thing, you mentioned college. This is scary. Like I remember when I was in college, I didn't have a credit card right away, but I remember Discover Bank. Hmm. You got like a free t-shirt and a sleeve of tennis balls. I was going to totally go there too. <laughs> you fill out the application, you get this stupid little credit card and you have like a limit of like $300. Mm-hmm. And you think you're like, this is great. And before you know it, you're a senior year and now your credit limit is like 5,000 <laughs> and you used it. And you know, your first job is like to pay off that debt. Yeah. So any college kid who's listening right now, 
walk past that table. I will second that a thousand percent because same thing happened to me. And I was in college and you know, from 98 to 02. So you and I are slightly different age here, but same thing. I know free t-shirt. Oh, cool. I'd like a free t-shirt. Okay. Yeah. I'll sign this thing. Sure. Get the credit card. And I was up near the limit. So they raised the limit and I got up near that limit and they raised that limit. I got near up that limit. They raised that limit. Next thing you know, it's senior year. I don't have any money, but I'm 21 and I don't want to lose these greatest years of my life. So I'm going to the bar three nights a week with my friends and I'm just swiping the card three nights a week at the bar on campus. And boy, did I spend years paying for that both literally and figuratively. (laughs) Yeah, please walk away from the credit card if you are a college student and any way to avoid it, avoid it. Okay, so for those of us college or other eyes with credit cards and really with the FICO score, Richard, what are some steps that we can all take to improve our FICO score? Well, besides walking away from Discover Table and not take the T-shirt. It's not just Discover anymore. It's everybody. But can, yeah, exactly. <laughs> just walk away. It's important to actually check your credit reports. You know, there's three major credit agencies. First one is TransUnion, Experian, and Equifax. Um, Each of those agencies allow you to order your own credit report once a year, and Mm -hmm. it won't affect your credit score. It doesn't count as a lending inquiry. Okay. So that's really important. I'll say here, Richard, so I applied for a loan for a car, I think a year or so ago, and the guy at the dealer misspelled the name of my company when he ran the credit. So I had to go to all three credit bureaus and explain what happened because there was like an extra employer on my credit card report because dummy over at the dealer misspelled it when he scribbled it down on a piece of paper to try to get me approved for a loan. So you really check everything. And then even, um, you know, and we're going to talk about some of these other monitoring services that can help you out. They really do jump in because when I opened that credit card that I opened up a couple of weeks ago, I must have gotten three or four emails and all these alerts on my phone. You have a new inquiry on your credit history. You have a new inquiry. So that is important to have so that if it's you, you see it. And if someone is trying to get credit as you, you see it right away also. Yep. I use the Experian site. I pay like $19 a month. Mm -hmm. And what they do is they update it every month for me. Like it's actually daily, their credit reporting. And they give me alerts if something happened. And I think it's like every three months, they give me my TransUnion and my Equifax one. Mm-hmm. But what's nice is if you see something, it's not like the old days where you have to hand write a letter to them or type up a letter and send it to them. Oh, yeah. You do it right online. Right online. You know, I tell clients all the time, if you're going to go for a mortgage, pull up your credit. Even if you were late, 30 days late on a credit card four years ago, dispute it. Because there's a chance the lender may not respond back in time, which then they legally have to remove it. Mm. So, you know, I learned that from the person who trained me on mortgages. They said, if you're never going to get a mortgage eventually, just dispute everything on your credit report because maybe half of it comes back changed. Yeah. And then it increases your score right there. Again, I, I'm a big fan of signing up for one of those services. You know, just a couple of weeks ago, I see my credit alert. I get like a, um, a ding on my score. Hmm. Not enough to move me in categories. I said, what the heck is this? It was a large excess use of a credit card. Really? It's not even my credit card. I'm a authorized user on the card of another company. Oh. So imagine that if you're an employee of a company and that company gives out credit cards to their employees, that company credit card, even though you have no control over it, can affect your score. Wow. So you got to be careful with that. So always, always, always monitor your credit score. And if there's something on there that's not right, act. Yep. So the other thing is pay your bills on time. Yeah. 
I'm not a big fan of people paying their bills once a month because if you get the bill at the beginning of the month and it was due, it could be an overlap of timing and then all of a sudden you're getting 30 late. So try to pay your bills minimum twice a month. You know, the ones that come in the first of the month, pay them off in the middle, then the ones at the end, you know, pay at the end of the month. I have a, an app on my phone, I think it's called Mint, where it has a mm-hmm. calendar with everything that's due and it syncs up to all my accounts. So if I haven't paid a bill and it's coming up in a day or two, I get a push notification right on my iPhone. It says, hey, you haven't paid this bill, it's due, pay it. And it's right. saved me more times than I can count. I think what Apple's doing, they're trying to really educate consumers with their new credit card they have. Mm-hmm. So their app is like designed to show you to pay it so you have no interest. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Okay. So, yeah. And then they kind of show you your credit usage if you're using it more than you normally do and, you know, sending you reminders. I think that's great. You know, especially for younger people trying to um, build credit. I think that's a great system, especially if you see what that interest is going to cost you. Yeah. When it compounds, it just gets out of control so fast. Here's the other thing I always tell people. Let's say you get laid off and you're struggling with your bills and you know you're not going to be able to make a full payment. Call the lenders. Be honest with them. Mm. You know, they will work with you. I know like a lot of car loans and so forth, they'll let you take one or two payments in your five-year period and move it to the end of the loan. So you can skip one or two payments. So you don't get digged on your credit report. It's going to cost you a little bit more interest because that payment's not paid, but mm-hmm. you'll pay at the end. So it's better than getting a 30-day late on your credit report. Credit card companies will sometimes work with you. You know, sometimes if you know you're not going to pay it off, they'll switch it from a credit card to a loan with terms like paid off over some time. Sometimes they'll let you miss a payment. They'll work with you if you're honest with them. They don't want to chase you down. They understand people have hard times sometimes. That is so true to, that, you know, you'd be surprised how much they're willing to work with you. From when I worked in radio and there's no job security in radio and I was laid off for budget cuts several times in my radio career, I can call the credit card and say, hey, you know, I just lost my job. I want to make this right. Will you work with me? And most times they've said yes. Yep. So, Other things you can um, do is, you know, we mentioned earlier, don't close the unused credit cards. You know, you don't want to lower your available credit. Don't open multiple cards for a short period of time. And I think I mentioned it before. Don't play the game, moving balances from one card to another just because there's 0% interest. You shouldn't have charged it if you couldn't afford to pay it off. So try to live without, live within your means, Mm -hmm. you know, unless it's an emergency, which I get. When I was in my 20s, I got burned playing the 0% game. I opened up cards. I moved it from one to the other. And surprise, surprise, I never did pay it off before the 0% interest went away. It doesn't work. The one thing I find really interesting as a financial advisor doing financial planning is now um, we're doing a lot of debt reduction planning. Mm-hmm. You know, in the past when we did financial planning, it was always for people who were planning for um, retirement, education. Usually these clients had good incomes and assets, you know, they wanted to protect or make sure they accumulated enough to meet their goals. But today we're meeting with younger clients, middle-aged clients, even older clients who have debt. And they come to me like lost, like, what do I do? Yeah. And the planning software is now for us has really built out debt planning you know, now we can put down their, their loans, their credit cards into our program, but their interest rates, minimum payments, and we could run different strategies. Like how do we pay off the debt with the least amount of interest paid to them? Sure. Or we run a strategy. How do we get rid of the debt as quick as possible? Like which ones mm-hmm. doesn't make sense to pay? Higher interest rate, the ones with higher minimum payments and things like that. There's a lot of different strategies for the planning of the debt now, which is really interesting. 
So if you need help with that, or if you need help with anything related to your personal finances, your credit, or otherwise, uh, Richard is the man to see. New Century Financial Group. What are the best ways to get a hold of you, sir? Pick up the phone. Call me at 609-924-2049, extension 126. You can always uh, reach me through email at r-o-r-i-n-g at ncfg.com, or you can always schedule an appointment on our website with me at www.ncfg.com. And I always offer video conferencing if it's easier for you. Awesome. If you're not able to make it over to the office, NCFG, New Century Financial Group. Financial Matters with Richard Oring. That'll put a wrap on episode number three. Have a great holiday, sir. We'll talk to you in the new year. I'll talk to you after the new year. Thanks, Jack. Richard Oring's branch office is One Airport Place, Princeton, New Jersey, 08540. The branch phone number is 609-924-2049. Securities offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Advisory services offered through New Century Financial Group, LLC, a registered investment advisor not affiliated with Royal Alliance Associates, Inc. New Century Financial Group, LLC, and Royal Alliance Associates, Inc. does not offer tax advice or tax services. Please consult your tax specialist for individual advice. We make no specific comments or recommendations on any tax-related details.